I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around them. Like bathrooms. Bathrooms happen. Bathrooms do happen. And we were talking about it last week with bathrooms, but we found we had more to say. Well, then, yeah, I had asked you some questions. Did we say this? Did we say that? Yeah. And some of it we had sort of started to say, and some of it we did not at all, and other ones we were going to. And 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 so you felt that it was worth revisiting, and I agree with you because we had some good discussions, and there was some good stuff that our friends might be interested in hearing or knowing. Or Yes, because when it comes to transition, there's always the bathrooms to talk about. Holy crap. But it's not it's not really just bathrooms. It's about dysphoria. It's about um the other things that happen around transition that you're adapting to in your social constructs and spaces and and the bathroom is like a little microcosm of everything. It is. It really is. Yes. I'm sorry. Everybody needs to go there. Damn it. Mm-hmm. So when we were talking about um, STPs and dysphoria in relation to those, not just STP devices, but also uh, surgeries, mm-hmm. lower surgeries, I was thinking about how did I get here? <laughs> how did you get here? Well... I could just start at the beginning. I was, Like what beginning? Like when you were two? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. So when I was two until I don't know when, I was apparently trying to explain to my parents I was a boy. And um, I knew they couldn't figure this out, and I didn't know what to do about it, and I probably spent most of my young, my childhood altogether, and then some of my young adulthood still trying to figure it out. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the way it was before. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about body dysphoria as a small child as much as you do when you're a teenager. Yeah. When hormones start happening, you say, oh my God, what's happening in my body? This is wrong. So I didn't think about having... A penis in the sense of peeing like the boys or anything like that. And I probably did start to think about it more as I got older and got, you know, hormones going and got an interest in sex. Yeah. But I still was dealing with what I had been trying to figure out all that time, you know. Mm -hmm. Why am I like this? Why am I not like how I think I should be? And how does this work? Um, so then we, we can kind of fast forward that going on and on and on and on until transition. Right. The actual one where I jumped in with the medical transition. Yes. Not the other times. Mm-hmm. And right before transition, and as you're looking at YouTube videos and all this kind of stuff, this is where I was at, you're considering all these things that you're about to face with the dysphoria that you know you have and the excitement about the things you know will change and that you're really glad that, you know, they're going to get here. 
Mm-hmm. And um, you hear other guys talking about things that do change. Like guys who can't get their top surgery and are very dysphoric about it. Mm-hmm. Or very uncomfortable wearing a binder all the time, for instance. Oh, my gosh. You know? And then you hear guys talking about that for many guys, mm-hmm. their lower dysphoria becomes more so after their top surgery or at some point during their transition. Right. And my consideration about that, you know, hearing it as I was about to start my transition and as I was in the early months of my transition was, well, that might be, I don't know, but certainly surgery is not something I go into very easily. Mm-hmm. For Even for the top surgery, if beforehand, if I didn't need it in order to fit in to my social construct and my, you know, category of man, male, mm-hmm. you can't walk around with the boobs. Mm-mm. I wouldn't have done the surgery because I really didn't want surgeries. Mm-hmm. They're painful. They're intrusive. Um, you don't do them unless they're really necessary. Right. And in your case, this one was. It, it was necessary. I wasn't going to be able to have the life around me reacting to who I was without that surgery. Nobody would see you as a man if you had lumps on your chest. No, they don't. And so I did it, and I'm really, really glad I did. Mm-hmm. Um, more glad than I thought I would be. Oh, good. But surgery was no fun. Mm-mm. And it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, a lot of problematic type things. Yes. And and I'm glad it's done. Good. So my ideas about it were along the same line of, well, that's like more surgery. Mm-hmm. And that seems excessive. Now, now, now we're back to thinking about lower surgery. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so going, you know, from my feelings about surgery in general and having the top surgery and being glad and knowing I was going to do that, mm-hmm. didn't know how glad I'd be yet. Right. Thinking about lower surgery, I thought, well, that's might be what it's going to be, but that's a whole bunch more surgery and a whole bunch more money that I don't know if I can come up with. Right. And... I just don't know how I deal with that mm-hmm. much surgery. Right. So that was my thought as I was heading into transition and as I was early in transition the first few months or mm-hmm. so. Has so, that changed? Well, yes and no. My opinion about surgery remains. Fair enough. It's, but all those things I just said at least once or twice. It's hard, it's expensive, it sucks ass, and it's only good if it's really, really necessary. Yes. Okay. So the question is, how necessary is it mm-hmm. for most people mm-hmm. at, that, at that stage? So for me, my feelings about it now are, I would love to have those results, whether it was meta or uh, fellow or, you know. Mm-hmm. 
something that doesn't exist yet that may in the future and whatever. Right. Um, I would love to have those results. And do I like what I have now? Hell no. Have I figured out how to deal with it? Yep. I, you, I deal you, with it the best I can because that's what I've got. You know. Well, you also have high level of resiliency, adaptability. You have a strong sense in yourself of I make do with what I have because it's the way things are. And it's how you've always been about everything. You are very good at making the best of whatever situation you are in. Okay. And I think that that has a lot to do with your ability to manage lower dysphoria. Right. And my concern about inability to manage surgery. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. <laughs> so the thing is, once you're getting your body the way you wanted it, which, you know, you were, I was thinking about all my life and trying not to think about the other part of all my life. Mm-hmm. There's a dog barking outside our window. It happens. Yeah. Our, um, our friends know that by now. Yeah. And then, and then you're dealing with men's spaces and the social constructs of male things, places, doings. That such. most men grew up into and were conditioned to from a very young age, but guys who come into them later in life, and even if later is only at 15 or 20 years old, or it could be at 50 or 60 years old, either way, you haven't had that very early conditioning of this is what happens, this is how you behave, this is what to expect. Right. There's those things. And there's also, in transition, you're dealing with your body and how it's not. Mm-hmm. And how, what you can do and what you can't do. Mm-hmm. And certainly, some people get their, their top surgeries fairly fast. Yeah. But almost no one gets their lower surgeries very fast. Mm -mm. And there's a lot of reasons for that, some of which are it's a good idea to wait a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And see what kind of growth you're getting and what you have to work with and what else you can do as far as like creams, which we talked about the DHT cream before. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not something so fast. So at any point then, any guy, any FTEM guy is dealing with whatever their lower dysphoria is. And for a lot of guys, which, which I've seen, you know, with the groups I belong to, it's when you're dealing with the men's room, it's not just the men's room when it's stand to, standing up to pee. It's a whole, this is what guys do. Mm -hmm. And you can't. And so then you're kind of in a conundrum there. And so you could get an STP. That might work. It might not. A lot of guys are okay with just going in and sitting down, of course. 
Lots of men's rooms are not so great for going in and sitting down. I mean, they're just not made for going no, in and sitting down. They it's aren't. not what it was There's, made for. No, made for, because they don't expect most men to need to go in and sit down. No, and so, no. you know, you it, it it is designed in such a way that it's hard not to feel like the odd one out when you need to go in and do something that's different from the rest of the male population. Mm-hmm. Right. So my question to myself at this point of feeling more pressured about being able to go use a big boy potty mm-hmm. is will that settle down and I'll get over it? Kind of like I've gotten used to using certain men's rooms that I use on a regular basis. And even some random men's rooms, you know. Mm -hmm. At the same time, what I was more surprised about, this surprised me because I wasn't expecting to be at all bothered by it. And I didn't think, oh, great, the men's room. I don't know who the hell thinks that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) they have a reputation of their own. Right. But I didn't expect beyond the ordeal of being at work and needing to go to a different floor to go to the bathroom so I could go into unisex, <laughs> I have finger quotes, unisex bathroom. Uh-huh. I didn't expect going to the bathroom to be a chore. Yeah. And I, I find myself kind of dealing with that lately mm-hmm. a little more than I would have imagined. Mm-hmm. And, and basically that means going to the bathroom is a chore. I do actually avoid it at times or try to decide what I'm going to do about that. Yes. Rather than just getting up and going and peeing somewhere like I did before. Mm-hmm. So, well, I guess that's where I kind of ventured into getting, trying out STPs. And at first, when I first got STP, I was interested in it just because, wow, I could try standing to pee. That would be cool. Yeah. And then there's more pressure after a while. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's something that'll settle down. But in the meantime, with the STP, the adventures are pretty standard. You're going to pee yourself. Yep. Yep. It, it's unavoidable. While you get used to the device, it's going to end up with urine where it doesn't belong. Right. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and and many guys who have done uh, successful STPing and made videos and blogs and such um, will say, practice, you have to practice. And that's what I started with. Before I even bought any STPs, I thought, I'm going to make one of these things. Yes. And make sure I can pee with it before I go spending any money on something that looks like it would be easier to use in public. Yes, and there's a link on our website at transpantastic.net, and I'll probably add it back into the show notes for this one, for that homemade, out-of-a-milk carton STP that is not very pretty, but it works. It does, and it's similar to the P-Style one, which uh, a guy I know reviewed recently, an older guy reviewed this one, and I think that you could kind of modify the Mel Carton thing into that. I'm going to play with that a little just for the hell of it. Right. Um, so the the standing to pee is a 
dysphoria issue. Mm-hmm. And you're going to pee yourself when you start trying to use it. You have to practice a lot. People say that. And then you have this excitement when you get this thing or you start getting the hang of it or you get it a few times or you think you might <laughs> of this possibility of um, being able to manage this task. Mm-hmm. And it kind of has a, a huge um, possibility of raising your dysphoria mm-hmm. because you do know that you feel very different and that it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It, you know, should I try an SDP? Should I bring it with me? Should I use it? And, and I, I got, you know, I got the first one and it sort of kind of worked and then it didn't. So I didn't really take it out in public. Right. The first one I bought. Mm-hmm. The the homemade one still always works. Yes. Not easy to use in public. Um, I didn't think until recently I could ever figure that out, but I have mm-hmm. um, a few times. And then the, the Peacock one, and I got that, and it seemed great. Mm-hmm. I was able to use it, so I wore it right away to work on a Monday. <laughs> and you promptly and spilled tea on yourself. I promptly... Pissed myself, yes, <laughs> because the the typically the jock strap thing works better than the comfort harness. <laughs> so, uh, can, can, but, can you hear the air quotes around that yeah. word comfort, friends? <laughs> but you always have this. I mean, this is a silicone floppy thing that you're mm-hmm. using as a pee funnel. <laughs> That's what it is. Yes, basically. It's a sculpted pea funnel. Yes. And yeah. um it's it's, you know, auto packer and such, but it can fold at the ends and if it folds in the end in the back just a little, you're going to pee yourself. Yes. Or on the side. Uh-huh. Or if you don't have it pushed back properly or several other options yes there we, are numerous, will allow you to pee on yourself th- yes there are numerous opportunities yes. for failure and it's so disappointing and then it's also just it's monday morning and i'm on a short break from a long meeting and i have dark pants on and i'm just kind of like too damn bad i'm just a guy now and i'm like oh well too bad <laughs> i don't have time for this shit <laughs> Uh, Going back to work. Uh, as long as it doesn't like look like I pissed myself, you know, mm-hmm. I thought I'll just have spilled my tea yes. or something like that because I was, you know. Yep. So, um, and it was fine. I didn't look like I pissed myself. That's um, good. But there's that feeling when... If you have an STP with you of, okay, now here I am going in the men's room. Should I use it? Will I pee myself? Can I manage this at the urinal? Am I just making myself nervous and just never mind? (laughs) You know? Yes. And so this was not a problem before. So now that's why I'll sit at my desk or wherever I'm at in my car and think, Let's see, where would be the easiest place to go and pee and what do I want to do about that? Whereas before, I would just go and, go pee. and pee somewhere. Yes. It was not an ordeal. It was not an ordeal. Which brings me back to my, will I get over this thing? And 
I wasn't feeling so I'll totally get over this and just sit down every time. I wasn't really cool with that. No. And I decided to try to go back to the homemade STP. Mm -hmm. Because the idea of that was if you got used to standing to pee, then you could start to do it with other things. Mm -hmm. And I figured out some ways of being uh, more stealth with it. Because once you're up against the urinal, once you're right in front of that thing, you know, Mm -hmm. nobody's really looking. Yeah, especially on the individually sculpted urinals as opposed to, like, the big trough or the... Yeah, and I hardly can think of where those any of those might be. There, There aren't any of those hardly in our town anyway. Once you get up to that individually sculpted urinal and you're leaning over it... No, no nobody nobody's... can see. It's a matter of getting that piece of plastic from your pocket to where it needs to go mm-hmm. and making sure it's not wet so you can put it back. And yeah. the guy talks about it in his video where, where you're making them, you know, mm-hmm. having a tissue and stuff like that. And it's, it's manageable. And then I thought about trying to make a way to carry it, like, in a pouch... Sort of like some guys take their different styles of briefs and make a packing area. Yes. And that that is possibly feasible. Um, you'd have to be able to manage getting it in and out of there. But that would be easier than getting it in and out of your pocket. Yes. And dropping it somewhere. Oh. Speaking of which, which I didn't even tell you this. No, you... Oh, tell me, tell me. So... I've been keeping one of these with me, and one of the reasons is, there's two stories here. One of the reasons is because the other week when I was out, um, and I really, really had to pee because I waited too long, and I stopped to pee at like a gas station McDonald's combo. I'm sorry. And I went to go to the bathroom, and there was one stall and one urinal, and somebody was in the stall, and he had just gone in there ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And knowing that the chances are that he's not F to M and in there because he needs to use his STP. He's going to be there for a while. Yes. And if I had had something with me, I would have went to the urinal out of necessity. Right. And instead of getting back to the car and trying to find the next closest bathroom. And there there was one of those unisex bathrooms, like a family bathroom, but it was locked. And yeah, um, so either somebody was in there or you had to go find out where the key was. And that was too much of an ordeal at this point because, again, it's the bathroom ordeal. (laughs) Oh, my God, I have to pee. I'm sorry. What am I going to do about it? Oh, for goodness sake. Um, So I have started carrying at least a couple of these with me. (laughs) And because they sometimes come out of your pocket, depending on what type of work trousers I have on, I might put them in the bag I carry my other junk in, like my schedule and the folders I use for papers for different things for files and such. And I had had like two or three of them with me, and I thought, where's the other one with the, you know, like Apple label? Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't see it, and I thought, well, gosh, I could have dropped it somewhere. I don't know. Could be in the car. Could be I put it down at home. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. It'll probably show up. It did. I was walking from my car down the street to work the other day, and there it was on the grass next to the other parking lot, and it was all freshly washed because the sprinklers had been on. 
And I looked down and I thought, oh, look, there's the Apple one. And I looked around. Nobody was there. So I picked it up, put it back in my bag. <laughs> yep. That's great. It was great. I was like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> Good thing it's not something more embarrassing looking. Yeah. Which has, of course, happened to lots of guys with packing and stuff like that. You don't want to, like, drop your balls somewhere. But anyhow. <laughs> was that in the T. Cooper book where he's talking about... No, it was Matt Cayley's book where he was talking about choosing not to pack because he didn't want to go to the bathroom and have his dick fall out on the floor. No, you you probably don't want this STP to fall on the floor either. No. And I did have it fall on the floor once at the movies, but I was in there and really nobody was on either side of me. Mm-hmm. But I was like, shit, shit, you know, Ew. and I was tired. Yes. <laughs> so it was just not good. Oh. Um, but as you get more used to it, uh-huh. your likelihood of, of managing it well is higher. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'm going to wear the peacock one day a week, but I don't want to get, like, things too funky. So, you know, I want more air on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to try carrying one of these with me all the time. So if I do really, really have to pee and there's only one urinal and one stall, I can go. Mm -hmm. And um, as I've said, you know, quite a few times, I it, it always works. That mm -hmm. one always works. Yeah. Um, and that's what people seem to be saying about the pee-style one. Mm-hmm. I still kind of wonder, you know, how much of this will I just kind of get over? I mean, I think one of the advantages of being an older guy is I could just, like, feign a prostate concern of needing to go sit down. You yes. Know, there's other options for me. Yes. But I do wish it wasn't so. Mm-hmm. Like when I go into the gym and there's... You have to pee, and you're coming in to change, or you're changed, and mm -hmm. you can't just walk over to the urinal. And there is no pocket. There is no... No, there's no easily accessible way to manage that. If you have the peacock on, and it's a jockstrap thing, it's going to be in the way of trying to not have everybody see that you have your device strapped on. Yes. Another thing that's nice about the homemade one, you just don't have to have anything already attached to you but then if you have the homemade one and you want to do something about packing you have a whole nother issue yeah so you have to have something that would have a pocket or mm -hmm. some other way of packing and making sure your junk doesn't fall out on the floor into the urinal the toilet or wherever the hell you are while you're maneuvering your half of a milk jug yes <laughs> <laughs> Maneuvering. Uh, maneuvering. So obviously going to the bathroom is some kind of big chore that I just did not expect because all I did before was going in and pee and I thought, well, I don't have any way of standing up. I don't feel like spending money right away. This is before I got along in my transition. And I'll have to go sit down, so that's my option, and that's what I'll do. And that's what I do now, and it'll be what it is. And then if I figure out how to stand up to pee, that's fine. And it's not that simple. <laughs> I am never so happy as to see a, you can be a boy or a girl sign on the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
and they've changed that at the gym on the on the yes the they floor have where all the, the equipment is mm-hmm. the one that used to say men it still says men it still says women but then right next to it has the both both people can go in here yes one it at just a time probably bathroom. yes because yes that was at um, number two child's uh, psychiatrist's office too and I pointed out the sign to him because I said do you see the sign with the little people to show you where the bathroom is because he couldn't quite figure out. I'm like, the bathroom is right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Do you see the sign that says bathroom? And he's looking around right and left and everywhere. And no, it's right in front of you. Do you see the sign mm-hmm. with the people on it? And I said, there's a regular person and a person in a superhero cape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why he said that to me the other day. We were at the, the same doctor, yes. the psychiatrist, and he... um. He has to pee, and we're running in from the car. Uh-huh. And he gets in front of the door, and he looks at it, and he goes, Okay, Superman, and he goes in. <laughs> and I'm like, thinking, Superman? He's going to go in the girl's bathroom if he doesn't watch out. Right? Uh, yes. But that's okay. He'll just run in and pee and run out. He won't be. He won't. No. No. You know. No. Yeah. So anyhow. <laughs> That's great. Oh, that reminds me, speaking of number two psychiatrist and peeing, um, he was trying to teach him those exercises to strengthen his PC muscles Mm -hmm. um, to start and stop his urine flow and teach Mm -hmm. him how to hold his pee. Mm -hmm. And he gave the example the doctor did of, you know, when you go to the bathroom and it goes and you you start and you can stop it. And if you make it go Mm-hmm. And not three days later, number two child was here in our bathroom, and I overheard him with his mouth, tss, 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 <laughs> and then he started peeing. And I had to explain to him, no, they mean to do that with your actual pee coming out of your actual penis, not with the sound in your mouth. <laughs> oh. <sighs> and he says, oh, how do you do that? Oh, God. I was hoping he was doing that. He seemed to have understood, and I didn't check. No. That was my bad. Well, before we have done that with him, you know, where to try and help him relax his muscles enough to let go, because he does kind of clench sometimes, and he has a hard time relaxing enough to let it out. Yeah. And you turn on the water, like a, or I you do. say, Psss. I do turn on the water. And you tell him to go, shh, and it, it helps him relax with yeah. the sound. Yeah. And so... When the doctor said that to him, he was probably thinking of the times that you have told him to make that sound before he pees to help him relax those muscles. Mm-hmm. Well, at least he knows now, because you explained it to him. I did. I'm going to ask him, though, just to make sure. Yes, thank you. I will. I will do that. <laughs> that that brings up another piece of the dysphoria thing, mm-hmm. the packing thing and the peeing thing. Yes. I have, so I have the STP. Uh-huh. I can... Sometimes pee with the peacock. Yes. I can always pee with the homemade thing. Mm-hmm. And I can pack with that or the sailor or the... Yeah. Whatever whatever I want to pack with. Yes. I can make a packing thing. Mm-hmm. Most often socks. I'm Yes, it's very comfortable, actually. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and it keeps you from having, like, the wrong contour to your yes. trousers. Yes. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm aware, though, that if I need to pee, I even if I had STP on or with me, that number two child is very hypersensitive about his masculinity and mine. Mm-hmm. And so if I could pee with the peacock all the time, I wouldn't want to pee at the urinal with him Mm-mm. in the room because he'd be like trying to see my penis. He would. He's very interested. Yes. He asks you on a kind of a regular basis if you have a wiener yet, hasn't he? Yeah. And, and I tell him we're not talking about my wiener. It's private. But because of his curiosity, I'm also aware when I'm getting dressed in the morning and the kids sometimes come in our room, mm-hmm. if I'm packing to go in the other room and put on my, my packer and my underwear and then come out, mm-hmm. and if I'm not packing yet or if I'm just going to grab some a sock, mm-hmm. to not just have the door open because of his need for that driving masculinity yeah confirmation mm-hmm. you know thing he's got going on yeah and and it's it's an obvious thing when you just have your underwear on if your junk is filling it out or not that's right mm-hmm. and i know that he's aware of that and so i'm aware that he's aware of that yes so there you have that too yeah that makes sense sometimes i have to pee and i can't let him out of my sight and there's only then I'm not so happy about the singular bathroom Ugh. because I don't want to go in there with him. No. And there's a whole nother realm of bathroom mm-hmm. inconvenience. I haven't, I haven't quite gotten that one figured out yet. The rest of it I probably could get over, but That's... dealing with him is another thing. Ugh. How this, you know, how this affects your kids. I mean, how other, I wonder how other guys are with with their kids and their sons and uh-huh i'm sure he's not the only hyper masculine child yeah of f to m person or I'm, otherwise I'm, I'm certain because his special needs are the cause for a lot of children to be adopted mm-hmm. and a lot of queer parents who did not have the reproductive capacity to physically make their own children adopt children from other people and you don't know what you're getting and i hate to say it that way but i'm sure there are a lot of parents out there who adopted and then found out that they had a special needs child Mm -hmm. and i have a friend or two that just birthed them that way Mm. yeah but anyhow you can't see me raising my hand over here. <laughs> Our number one. I yeah. made him that way. Yeah. But mm. he would not be curious about how I was peeing. He would not be curious about how you're he peeing. He would be very definitely purposefully not curious ever about how anyone was peeing. Anyone ever. Yes. If I was like one of the guys in UK or Canada that had different kind of health insurance, and so once they kind of get on a track with their diagnosis, they... They kind of get. They have an option to have yeah, it. They have a gender know. clinic thing going on. Yes. They have an option, mm-hmm. and they can start discussing that with the their American healthcare system. Does not make any of this easy by any stretch of the imagination. And and I don't see it being easy for them either. I see the guys, and they wait a, such a long time 
Unless they can pay for it themselves, they, they have to wait. Mm-hmm. And wait and wait and wait. And, yeah. And uh, jump through a lot of hoops. Mm-hmm. I think if I had insurance to pay for it, it would be more tempting. Yeah. It would be a lot more tempting. But you want to buy a house, and buying a house and buying a dick are not both within our budget. No. And I think I want to buy a house. But I definitely don't want to spend the house money on my dick. Maybe, you know, I'm just not that kind of guy. (laughs) You're not that kind of guy in a lot of ways. No. I kind of like that you're not that guy a lot of the time. I was going to say this at the beginning when I was talking about before transition, when I was a kid, and Mm -hmm. things would, would, you know... Things were different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I would trade my life for the way I had my life. Mm-hmm. As inconvenient and undesirable as it was at many stages, mm-hmm. I have a lot of concerns that I would have just been a big asshole <laughs> if I had been born, you know, cisgendered male. You, yeah, I can see that happening with the type of options that I would have had as a male in my family and the type of role models, I think that I wouldn't have my life as good as it is Yeah. right now. I'm glad you consider your life to be good right now. Yes, it is good. Sometimes it drives us crazy. Yes. But compared to what I know my life could be mm-hmm. um, as that asshole yes. would be without the things that pushed me to have to have more understanding in my life and more compassion and to have to try harder. Mm-hmm. As lots of queers know, mm-hmm. it's not simple once no. you're queer. And no. so without all those things, my life would have been, a, I would have been a different guy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad I'm this guy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like I said, I'm glad that you think your life is good now, and I don't mean like that came out sounding really bad, but I'm glad that you consider the life you have to be a pleasant one or a positive one, because I have that thought rather often. I'm like, oh my gosh, my life is amazing. I have a wonderful husband. I have a job that pays my bills. I have a roof over my head. I even live in a safe neighborhood. My kids are healthy. Sometimes they're little assholes, and I often hate my job because Mm -hmm. I'm so tired of the ankle biters, and I want to get back into high school, And but still, my life is freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you, even with all of our struggles, still consider what we have to be a good thing. Yes, we have struggles, and struggles are okay, because... Life as an asshole would be so much less. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take the struggles and I'll try to remember that when the kids are driving me insane. Yay. That's all I've got for you right now. That's it. (laughs) It seems like funny. It is. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. 
Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! But then again, this is the child that we had to inform that now that he's a grown child, he can't wear boxers to gym class. Right. That's him. <laughs> he doesn't think and about he, these things. No, and then when you did tell him that, he was like, oh, okay. And then you had to tell him why. Because yes. he still looked very confused. He did. And I think he he and was confused even after trying it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.